Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Oh, I'm, I'm fully, I'm fully aware I'll be fine, Chris. I'm fully aware I'll be fine. But I, I'm, I'm more, but bearing in mind this is not my area of expertise. You know, this is rounders for men, basically. Men <laughs> play rounders in the UK. They do rounders in the UK. They call it softball in America, you know, because they're pussies. So glad you already clicked record. Like, uh, Michael McIntyre says they have to have description for exactly They do doing. have to. They're the eyeglasses, for example. In well, sidewalk. In sidewalk, yes. And yes, it is. Yes. Waste paper basket. Waste paper basket. This is, this is all a good point. <laughs> this is all a good point. But it's all gas. It's a liquid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let me start, and don't get me started on, you know. Horseback riding. Oh, what? Horseback riding. Horseback riding, yes, as opposed to where? Absolutely, we could do a, we did a whole podcast just on that, Chris, but it's not what it's about. Park on a driveway and drive on a park, quite apparently, there's another one as well, which is ridiculous. No, sure, great, I won't be back on here in a month again for this over again, but you know, it is what it is. Well, it's be a funny evening for all involved. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. Welcome to Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling. Oh, uh, baseball! Wow, that's um, I tell you, that's what happens when you when you're alongside me, Matt. Baseball podcast episode three with Britain's version of Waldorf and Statler. Um, I'm not sure if Chris is staying for the record or not, Matt. But Matt, you're my uh, main it, guest this week. Chris might come uh, and make comments here and there, and that, that's perfectly okay. Chris, bro, he's just this second popped out because we're recording this out of sync with yeah it's, it's a really weird thing we're recording for next week which uh-huh. ironically is going to come out after the show we're recording in three days time which comes out in four days time it's it really will. weird how we've done that it, it will be yeah now originally i was actually going to you were going to be this week's episode and then the the one i was going to record and then you said you couldn't do tuesday i was like no, no no that's fine i was like that's perfectly okay i appreciate you doing this with me and um i was like to mason i was like hey you ready tuesday and um, he got his moments together, it seemed like about 40 minutes. I don't think he's ever prepared a podcast as quick as he did. And I was like, I could have almost done it Monday night. And I was like, oh, well, I was like, that's good. So uh, we recorded yesterday. So, yeah, I got a few of these where I got to do back to backs. Um, I recorded JGB. I got to record next week's JGB a little early. But um, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. May I say, by the way, how much I li- enjoyed the first episode and a half of um, this podcast? I say half because I only got round into the first half of of um, episode two before we start recording here. You've already listened. Oh, of course, because it's I forgot it's already come. Oh, of course, I forgot it. I've only just literally. <laughs> you had me confused for a second. I've literally just before I came on air promoted it. So you're you're ahead of the game. It must have been out on. Actually, it was out on SoundCloud because apparently I messed. It's been up. out about three hours now. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was out all morning, so I didn't know. The only thing I knew was apparently I messed up on the episode notes. I was like, ah. I sent my notes instead of the episode notes, so uh, I'm not sure if there are any notes attached. If there are, they're wrong, um, but whatever. I I think Chad will sort that for you because he's good he's, he's gonna he he is gonna sort it out for me. But yeah, no, um, I, I was wondering uh, would the format work, and um, I was like, baseball is definitely a subject where 
a casual chat and that's what i like going to the games for as well you don't just people like why do you watch the game for like three hours i'm like you don't if you're just sat watching the game for three hours you're doing it wrong you're walking around the stadium you're having a chat with the people you're with people around you uh you're gonna get some food you're gonna get some drink and as i said i I got my popcorn here i got my beer um this is far more this is far more relaxed and um yeah but but thank you for listening i'm I'm gonna say i know baseball is not your main thing at all i know you've mentioned it a couple of times you threw me off guard one time by mentioning alex cora in a devil's advocate and i was like what i was like how how does matt know about so uh i know you i know you dabble a little bit i thought this might be a a good way to kind of get you to dip your toes in a little bit kind of like i'm doing with new japan i was like this might be like not not push you over the edge but might sort of nudge you a little bit nearer there, there is a there's a multitude of little bits and pieces growing that uh, I found quite interesting. Uh, one of which from last week's episode I want to touch on later on. Okay. Because it needs touching on. Um, uh, I'd say my my baseball knowledge isn't the isn't the most succinct. I couldn't tell you, um, for example, how to work out someone's batting average, for example. Or even if I was good at maths, I wouldn't be able to do that probably, Graham. Um, but I, you know, I, I feel like I can enjoy watching it. So I, I watch, I can, I enjoy watching it. It's all I've like have it on the background sort of thing. It's nice to have it on. And also MLB, the show is a very good video game. So. There you go. <laughs> Once again, video games are a good entry point into a lot of different sports for people, perhaps before they can afford to go to events. Like it's much easier to afford a video game than it is to avoid to, to afford, sorry, like uh, a family going to a particular game. Sports can be expensive. Well, you, you mentioned this um, uh, last week, actually, with Mason, um, talking about, um, op- about Mason mentioned an open agenda, about he would like it if they opened earlier so mm-hmm. more fans could get in, more fans could get involved with what's going on there sort of thing. Um, you know, make, make things cheaper. I mean, to use the soccer analogy um my stepdad has um just managed to get a season ticket for west ham okay okay 300 pounds wow that's reasonable that's very reasonable that is cheaper than colchester united in league (laughs) two (laughs) yeah I say there's going to be 19 games, so you're you're talking about 15. And you get games, first, and you get first refusal, and you get first yeah. refusal on away games as well. Yeah, and that's Premier League as well. So this is this Premier is, League yeah, that doesn't include yeah. FA Cup and European of that. So that's on, that's all on top. Oh, so sure. that's, that's, for the that's for the regular brilliant. season, that's that's great value. That's that's phenomenal. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculously good value. So when you, when you think that like a lower league team like Colchester are charging more than that, I've said this for a while. The guy who's the chairman of Colchester United at me at Matthew QK, I will I will stand by this. I will stand on that on that mound and take the strike. Okay, happily. When it comes down to it, that man's a bloody crook because he expects people to pay that sort of money and then pay for beer and food inside as well. I've said this, lower your ticket price. Ticket prices are more than anything in the championship. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you went to a if you went to a minor league game, um, it's certainly much cheaper than a minor league game than a Fenway Park, for example, Graham. I'm sure. Oh, of course. Of, of, absolutely. Of course. That's, but that doesn't translate sometimes over here. I'm thinking, like, if you lower the ticket prices, get more people in, people, more people there, people spend more money on the stuff that's there, you make more money. 
and then you've got your own you promote your own product by word of mouth <laughs> oh we went hey guess where we went at the weekend we had an amazing time you should bring the kids along next time it seems common it. business it, so one to us it's a six thousand seat stadium graham it's only ever been full for elton john <laughs> oh no sorry apologies 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 Colts united and when england under 21 played there uh-huh that's it I have a feeling Elton but John's more in the States right now. I, I'm sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, he's got, I, he's got a Vegas. State was, I'm going to say it might even have been Nationals Park. I saw him at this week or within the week. I know I've seen him somewhere around, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, doing, he's doing his good by Olympic Road Tour, I believe, yes. Um, uh, in the opening, I would normally, for, for people who are, for the diehard Americans who are, I'm going to get on, who have been following baseball for a long time, I'm going to ask them about their first experience. Did they play Little League? Um, what stadiums they've been to? Which teams they follow? Et cetera, et cetera. Now, I know I can't do that for you. Um, I do wonder, do you know any players, though, right now? Like, if I was to, like, I know because you have a sporting background and you have a trivia background as well. Like, is there any, what sort of names, if I asked you to name, like, the first few players off the top of your head, do, is there any that you know for baseball? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that's football. I, I, be, I believe there was. Isn't that Aaron Rodgers that plays baseball as well? That's the Green Bay Packers quarterback. You've been listening oh. to too much um, View from the Top yes, Row. Yeah. I, I, I apologise, Graham. Um, well, you I know, know teams, some. I know some you probably know teams. I know. I, know, I, know, I, I do, and that's what I can't later on. Um, I, um, I, I know the teams better. I also. I know some classic players. I know like Barry Bonds, obviously. Yeah, and um, I know obviously know um, um, Babe Ruth, obviously. Yeah, I, I, I you know, it, I know legendary players like that. I also, um, um, oh, and the, the, you also, I also, we've, we've talked before about that amazing uh, film we about baseball Graham. Oh, it's got it's the name escapes me. Also, it's got, um, One that's uh, Jackie Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown, that's a baseball film? That's a Quentin Tarantino film. Who am I thinking of going to hear me out here? Could Jackie you, Robinson? Jackie Robinson, I apologise. Okay, so the film yes. might be 42 then, perhaps. That's the film I'm talking about, yeah, 42. What sensational film. Oh. What wow. a sensational film that is. And the story is amazing as well. Um, so yeah, uh, Jackie Robinson, the name is in my head. Jackie, I was feeling like, what's his last thing? What's his last thing? I'm like an idiot, but this is not my expertise. I apologize. This is your own Heath Ledger moment right now. Yeah, but as, you, you know, it, <laughs> it could have been worse. I could have said Jackie Chan. <laughs> you could have said Jackie Chan, uh, admittedly. Perhaps, uh, perhaps rather than putting you on the spot, perhaps we should head to some good cop moments. Well, as this is being recorded for a week's time, I'm not sure quite what time zone we have for these uh, moments. I'll just ask, what's your main good cop moment? Right, my main good cop moment, Grant. A lot of people would probably say, um, I'm going to touch on, you know, how amazingly, I know there's been a lot of Pride Day celebrations been happening, obviously, and there have been Pride Day been held at various stadiums around the LB, and have been widely... Um, uh, appreciated and respected and fantastic well done MLB for showing what they're supporting diversity and all that stuff love it in yep. the same in the same theme about diversity um my main comment actually is uh the San Francisco Giants actually okay. um had the first woman coach to coach on field 
a regular season MLB game. Alyssa Nacken, I believe her name is, uh, was brought on at first base um, after regular first base coach. um, uh, Is it it Anton or Antoine uh, Richardson was ejected in a 13-2 win over the Padres? Ah, I, I do not know the Giants particularly well, with them being a... It's kind of weird, like in England, like you watch games, obviously they have games at different times, but over here, just because the standard baseball time is typically probably about 7pm, but from a, a West Coast perspective, that's, well, their 7pm is like a 10pm here, so I'm normally getting exactly. ready to go to bed around that time, and their games are probably not finishing until 1am, so I, I rarely get to see those games, and in the morning I'm normally getting ready for work, and I just don't get a chance to see the highlights, so my knowledge of West Coast baseball is really weak, actually. Indeed. I mean, she got appointed to the job uh, in January 2020, just before the pandemic started, uh, become the first full-time female coach in MLB in general, mm-hmm. so that's, that's, that's already, she already broke ground there. Obviously, mm-hmm. and um, she's quoted saying, "To be ready to step in was a no-brainer. This is my job." Apparently, Padres first baseman, um, who was Eric Hosme, uh, congratulated her when she came onto the field. Uh, she previously took on first base coaching duties in exhibition matches, uh, but it's the first time she's done it in a regular season. Um, I've never felt any sort of lack of support from your organization. She says the group here is really special. I think this is great. I mean, the amount of times you get people pointing out things in other sports. About, I mean, you've got, you've got female referees going to the World Cup this year in, in, in Qatar, which is, you know, at one point it's unheard of at one point. Yeah. But, it's going, but it's going to be happening in Qatar in November and December. Fantastic. Uh, it happens all the time. It happens a massive amount of time in snooker um, to see women on the pitch. There's, there's a female coach in the top tier of... Uh, French football at one point, which is great. I don't know if they're still in charge or not. Uh, you're, you're always getting some of the top female managers in football being linked with a top job. They never seem to get them. But I feel it's a matter, matter of time. Uh, you've got female dark players breaking through, obviously, in the, in the, into the top areas. There's a matter of time for what happened with the MLB. And I personally feel great. It's a matter of time for what happened in the NFL as well. matter of time. Because anyone can officiate. It hasn't got to be a man. It's a matter of time. And barriers are being broken down. And the MLB leading by example by how on. Well done, the Giants. Yeah, I know on the, I don't know the numbers, but some of the early episodes of JGB, it felt like each week we had some sort of groundbreaking record being broken. There was um, a coach for, I think the head coach um, for a minor league team. can't remember the name of the person. There was the first people who were the official scorers, who were women as well. Um, for some reason, why that would be a, male-oriented job makes no sense at all um also a player who plays for the minor league team um i don't think we've done the review yet uh, although perhaps this comes out earlier than the next jgb um we we got to see the uh staten island ferry hawks and one of their relief pitchers is a female and we talked about that on an earlier episode of jgb we were hoping she was going to pitch in that game and unfortunately she didn't relief pitchers don't pitch every day unfortunately um but yeah it seems to be a story, particularly in 2022, that's more, more and more frequent, that different people are breaking through glass ceilings um, at different areas, and it can only be it can only be good for the game. Now, I'm this is where this is I have a real void. Like, you know that I watched wrestling for a, 
like when I first moved to the States and then I have a, a big gap in my knowledge and then I started watching wrestling again when Mason kind of came in and there's like in between there it's like I, I just have massive gaps it's kind of the same with baseball I didn't realize I'd kind of been out of baseball as long as I had I, I think when you have kids and they're doing different things and they've got their own sports and sometimes that takes priority and you just don't realize what's going on you mentioned Eric Hosmer there playing first base I thought he played for the Kansas City Royals and now apparently he plays for the San Francisco Giants and I've been finding this a lot in this in only two three weeks I've been doing this podcast now I'm trying to research a little bit more I'm finding a name I'm like oh they play for that team I um yeah I, obviously players move around but in my head it's kind of like my brain is still in 2015 uh it's not quite where it needs to be in the episode you listened to with uh, Mason I talked about Matt Harvey and um I thought he played for the um, I thought he played for the Mets and apparently left the Mets in 2015 I think it was I was like oh so uh, yeah this has been a kind of a steep learning curve for me some of the things I thought I knew uh, are not quite true actually one thing I noticed when you were talking about Matt Harvey Last week, the amount of times you had you kept saying his name over and over the whole of his name, by the way, to give to give him the distinction, of course, um, is that amount of times I was expecting you to trip up saying Matt Hardy uh, was was amazing, <laughs> um, but at the same time it also made me remember the time that Mike Adamley at the 2008 Royal Rumble called Jeff Hardy Jeff Harvey. So I, I was I was waiting yeah. for a Mike Adley moment. It didn't come because you were on the ball. You were on the money every single time. I hadn't even made that connection until you said it. Like because I was trying to think, where's he going with this? And I, I hadn't even made that connection at all. But that's because it's two people who I know who are in very different fields. So yeah, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't say just like Matt or Harvey. You said his whole name every single time. I think like he's going to trip up at some point. No, not once, not once. I, I, I'm actually thinking about that. Like, I, I think when I mention players, I would either probably mention their full name or I'd just mention their last name. Um, I don't think I'd ever refer to them just there by their first name. I don't know. Okay. Like, I would for soccer. Like, if I say Bobby to you, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Or to me, though, yeah. Or if I said Mo. I don't know. I never really thought nah, about I mean, that. Fella. I don't think that is gone, of course. If there, is a, if there is a baseball player who I would only dress by their first name, and I can't think of any. Like, I guess the Babe. exception would be Babe. Babe. That would be the only one that instantly kind of... Jackie? I guess, I guess. I guess, actually, if I said Mickey, it would be Mickey Mantle as well. Um, from the current crowd, I, if I said Shohei, there's only one person it could be, but that's just because there's only one person of that nationality with that name in this league that's called that. So there's nobody else it could be except... Um, but in general, I can't think of a single player who I would, um, yeah, address just by their first name. Hmm. Okay. Well, my good cop moment, and I said I said I'm going to talk about things that I want you to be able to talk about as well, Matt. So um, I didn't want to go something very specific and talk about like, hey, what about the game on June 27th between the t-? like? I was like, I'm not going to do anything like that. Um, it gives me an opportunity to talk about that, and I'm glad I saved this because now I'm talking to you. Uh, right now, you're the only English guest lined up, so this is the perfect time to talk about this. Um, I want to talk about the MLB in London. So I want to go back a little bit though. I want to talk a little bit more about the history of the British team. Now, I didn't know this actually until I started research. In 1938, the Great Britain national baseball team actually won the Baseball World Cup. Now, I didn't even know that there was a Baseball World Cup, to be honest. And I certainly didn't didn't know that Great Britain won it. That kind of surprises me. What surprised me even more is they didn't defend their crown. 
they didn't actually enter the World Cup again until 2009, and I certainly didn't know about that. Uh, they were also runners-up 1967 and 2007 in the European Baseball Championships. And specifically, though, that, like I said, MLB in London, um, the series that happened, um, I believe, actually, it was at West Ham Stadium. You mentioned West Ham earlier. I believe that's where it was at. It was at the Olympic Stadium, I think. Um, correction, the London Stadium. I think West Ham fans would hate you calling it and the Olympics, it's now oh, called London God. Stadium. It is the London Stadium. In my mind, it's where the Olympics are held. So <laughs> it was where the Olympics were held. Yes, it's still, it's still, you could still, you could hold it there now. It's still in that good condition. Take yes. no grease. So it was scheduled for 2019, 2020. 2019, it was unfortunate because it was the year after I'd just come back from England. Um, it was Red Sox, Yankees. Um, I bought some of the merch. Like the, the merch was really cool. The combination of baseball and like uh, London iconography. Like there was um, the London Eye with baseballs on it and things like that. You got Big Ben and baseball. Like I loved all that stuff. Um, I really got into it. Um, the games were. It was supposed to be 2020 as well. It was a two-year deal, and of course, because of COVID, that never actually happened. And um, both. Both games attendance has had 59,000 people. Now, I'm not sure what the capacity of the London Stadium is, but to me, that's pretty impressive. If you can get, and I'm sure the configuration was probably different for baseball. Like, I'm not sure if they took some of the seats out to make a specific shape. I'm not sure. Um, but there's definitely clearly interest in those games. There clearly is interest because now there's more games planned. Um, oh, the game that was supposed to be in 2020 was actually the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs. So they are looking. Yeah, for that down, well. That's probably the biggest rivalry, I would say, um, within a, within probably besides Yankees and uh, Red Sox. Um, I think Cardinals and Cubs was the original sort of big rivalry, I would say. And um, yeah, the arrangement is there's going to be more games: 2023, 2024, 2026. I'm not sure why there's a gap in 2025. I couldn't figure that out. I was like, is there something big going on in London in 2025? Um, there's nothing major going on here in 2025. I, I'm kind of puzzled by that one. I, I could not figure out why there's going to be a gap there. But um, yeah, um, I just wanted to talk about basically the success of uh, British baseball and the success of baseball actually coming over to England to watch. Um, I actually did see... I actually supported Great Britain when they were trying to qualify for the World Baseball Classic as well. I took Mason up to Coney Island, New York. I think we were third row. We got to see all their games. They were 2-2 two and two on the tournament. Uh, they didn't quite make it. Israel beat them in the final. But um, it's definitely on a rise. Now, one other statistic I did look up that really surprised me was this. Um, I counted 48 teams listed for the 2021 season, uh, the baseball season in the UK. I couldn't find details for the 2022. And I was like, I don't remember there being that many. When I left in 2009, Matt, there was only 26. So that's obviously showing the growth of the game. That They've nearly doubled. Can you imagine if suddenly the Premier League doubled? That would be huge. If you went from 20 to 40 teams, that would be insane. That's pretty much what they've done at this point. Your closest team, I looked up, you're an hour away. Your nearest team is an hour away. I cannot remember who it is. Might be Colchester. I don't know. It was something beginning with a C, I think. Chelmsford, what are you thinking of? Chelmsford, there you go. That's it. Because Colchester is only 20 minutes away. So I knew it began with a C, and <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was, but I did look. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've got I've got a little point of order to 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 slightly okay. make, Graham, um, because um, I was looking up baseball in England just for some like little tidbits I could, I could throw around, make sure I could actually contribute. In two thousand and I believe two thousand eleven, five thousand people played baseball in the UK. That was it. Mm -hmm. In twenty sixteen, it was twenty two thousand. Mm -hmm. I'm glad which I left is, that stuff. 
my notes because I did see that as well. I was like, there's more people playing. The one I the reason I Which didn't include it was it said it included softball as well. And I couldn't include the break I couldn't break it down enough to make it specific for but either way, the, it's basically it's the kind of the, mm. the female equivalent of baseball. In a way, there's definitely similarities there. But no, that's mm. definitely that's a massive increase. It is indeed. Talking about increases, Graham, how many did you say attended the Sox and Yankees? Uh, 59,000 for each one. That's interesting. Because they only had a it was capacity. For the same number for each. One was like 59,600, one was like 59,200 or something like that. The reason why it's interesting is because uh, that London Stadium operates normally at 66,000 fans. With mm-hmm. baseball modifications, it was reduced to 55,000. Oh, so, how so where the extra 4,000 came from, I don't know. Unless you're including all the technical staff who were working there, probably. Or mm. all the coaching staff, maybe. That's, that's a little bit, hmm, indeed. That's a mm. little bit like when the wrestlers do that, the promoters are like, yeah, we had a great moment, we're going to sell out. And then you look at it, and it's like, there's nobody there. To be fair, it's not quite bad as 45 inauguration ground, but yeah. <laughs> Either so, way, a, so it looks like they actually sold out then, which is um, a, a, absolutely yeah. a good thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, absolutely great. All right, um, I'm not setting the timer because I'm actually currently. I'm not saying I'm watching a game. I have on in my phone right now. It's um, two of the top three teams, uh, or two of the top four teams for sure. It's the Astros versus the the Mets. So Matt. Uh, you get a little bit of perhaps leniency on this one. Perhaps you won't need 90 seconds, I don't know. Um, anything else you'd consider a good cop moment for the speed check? Uh, well, sort of, Graham. I mean, you, you took my main one, which was about London having the baseball back in 23, 24, 26. Um, ah. So that's my main one you took, Graham. Uh, um, I even shared that I... about that. I don't normally tell you my moments, but I was like, I did give you that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've got to admit, Graham, uh, one of the things that really did attack, get my attention was um, uh, the Oakland Athletics recently were playing the Red Sox, obviously. I don't know if you saw that game. I did, yeah. Uh, I don't have a score from my head, so you can help pad this out a bit for me, Graham, by telling me what the score was. Oh, gosh. Um, Jackson just read these on a recent episode. Um, it was something like, I believe it was 11 to 1. I think it was a three-game set. Um, I think the other one was probably about ten to two, and then I think there was one that was close. I think it was six to five. Okay, like cool. That. Okay, well, they always play at all American sporting events. They always play the national anthem, of course, don't they? Yeah. Before one of the games, um, two-time international champion Caroline McCaskey performed the Star Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. Now, really, was in my good cop moments, Graham. Is because I want you to try and guess the instrument she played. And as soon as you started saying it, I knew exactly what you were talking about. And I heard this story on Baseball Today, because I uh, Baseball Tonight, and I, I'm struggling to remember what it is. It's something really strange, though. Um, it might not even be an instrument. It might just be something you could make music on. It is an instrument. A fish is an instrument, Graham, yes. Uh, excuse me? A fish, it's an instrument, yeah. Oh, oh, a fish. I thought you said she played it on a fish. I was like, what? 
was going to say, I don't remember if you played like National Anthem on a haddock or something. I was like, I don't remember that. Um, I am really struggling to remember, but I know it was something that you wouldn't expect the National Anthem to be played on. So I remember that side of it. Now, um, I think you got me. I'm going to have to say a triangle. I know it's not a triangle. Uh, How about paper and comb? I'll go with paper and comb. I know it's not paper and comb either. No, it's a musical saw. A saw! That's right. Yes. It was phenomenal. I watched it. It's brilliant. It's on a, it's, I watched it on the BBC website, Graham. And yep. it was absolutely fantastic. She was amazing. Absolutely yep. amazing. She was she's an international champion. Um, and, and obviously, um, as we know, when we were at WrestleMania, Graham, together, and I actually sang the entire national anthem, because I know the national anthem from America. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very good anthem, to be fair. Uh, needs, needs more dragons but and more dice being rolled. But, you know, it's fine. Uh-huh. I've uh, started to adopt a habit that's really annoying my youngest son right now, which unfortunately makes me want to do it more, which is a really bad thing. Um, the Baltimore Orioles fans, when they get to the O, oh, see, when it gets to the O oh, part, actually, no, that's at the start of the song, it's towards the end. Um, when they say O, oh, the Orioles fans all go, oh, really loud in the song, and then they continue with the rest of the song. Now, if you're an Atlanta Braves fan, when it gets to the land of the free and the home of the Brave, well, they might say Braves because of the Braves. So there's certain different teams have different parts that emphasize. I know the Rockets' red glare, the Washington Capitals shout, red. Um, but yeah, I really, I don't do it for the other teams. And even as a Braves fan, I don't do it for them. But I do, once it comes to the Orioles part, when it comes to the O, I can't help myself now, but go, oh. You like winding your youngest up because you know that he hates the French accent, for example, as well. So... <laughs> You know, you know, but bear in mind, he's a, he's a child. You can let him off, Graham, okay? <laughs> I did it at the um, graduation recently as well, but I didn't do it loud enough that anybody could really hear me, but I did it to make sure that I know. Um, yeah, apparently that's how you can find out where people are from. If people are from Maryland, they'll be around. I'm trying to sing the anthem in my head to try and get which one is the O now, and I just can't remember. Oh, uh, say can We can go further than that. Rocket's Red Ah, ah, Graham, I can tell you the reason why by the way, they're not playing in 2025 in London. Oh, why? Because the Dodgers are looking to play in Paris in 2025. Oh. I didn't even think of that as another option. Yeah, that's uh, that's great, of course. That's great, of course. That means that yeah, they can take in some culture and some uh-huh. wine and cheese, you know. Uh-huh. I think oh. they play, I'm not sure. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner, yeah, wait. There was the O at the end. I couldn't remember it. I was, I was, I had to go through nearly the whole song to get to it. But. Let's face it, the best version would be Lillian Garcia. I, she, she's a very, very talented singer, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. What about you, Graham? What about you for speed check? Uh, well, I got one from uh, literally five minutes before we came on out. I've just bought a new book. It's about my favourite player. I was looking for something to read as I'm travelling next week. And uh, my favourite player's there. And it's about a side of him I don't know at all. So I'm excited for that. I'm sure that'll be coming up as a future good cop moment. Um, number 25 Astros project uh, prospect, Luke Berryhill. Uh, was hit by a pitch this week, which doesn't sound particularly a good cop moment. He extended his on-base streak to an even 50 games, the longest in the majors or the minors this week. Uh, he still has a little way to go. 74 is the current um, all-time leader. Now, I was actually looking, though, to see some major league records, and my aforementioned player, who I said is my favorite player, I didn't even realize these came together. Most consecutive times reaching base, that's every plate appearance, Ted Williams, 16 times um, in 1957. He had 16 at-bats, 
got on base 16 times. So he didn't necessarily get a hit. He could have been walked. He could have got hit by a pitch. But that's the MLB record. And the most consecutive games uh, reaching base safely for a major league player, Ted Williams, 84 times in 1949. Um, I didn't even realize when I when I got that book, I'd forgotten this was my main kind of speed check moment. Uh, but yeah, congratulations on that um, that young lad. I saw he's, got, he's up to 51. I did see today. He had a walk yesterday as well. So be interesting to kind of keep track of him to see how he can do. But that's a heck of an achievement, 50 games in a row. You say young lad. How old is he, Graham, do you reckon? Uh, he's probably 22, 23. He's probably through college. Most of them are through God, college. God, I feel old now. <laughs> uh, I you know, don't. You know, you know, you're old when you are now older than most players are in soccer when they retire. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. I, I'm gonna guess there's still some, and I don't know. I'm gonna guess there's still some major league baseball players who are playing who are older than me right now. Um, I know that's gonna take a little bit of uh, googling, but when you're doing your next moment, I'll try and look see. I remember Jamie Moyer when he was playing. Um, he was 47, and I think he played for at least a couple more seasons after that. And I remember a Braves player when I was uh, when I was first in the states. And I think he was still playing in late 40s, and I think he continued to play into his early 50s. So it's um. It's possible for baseball, but all right. You might be Googling it. You might be doing a better job. I already you. have it for you, Graham. The, oh, you already the, got uh, it? The oldest player currently playing in the MLB, according to what I have here, is um, Albert Pujol. Pujols? Albert Pujols? Pujols? Oh, he's yeah. only about 42. <laughs> 41 years, two months, and two days. Yeah, he's on his uh, farewell tour. He's getting ready to retire. Yeah, he came up probably around my first year I was here. Yeah, phenomenal play. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, he has the MLB all-time record for most times grounded, double play, and third on the all-time RBI list. Very contrasting stats there. One he'll be proud of and one he won't be very proud of. I did not know he led the league in grounding outs into double plays. That's a bad stat. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's been there for long time. It's one of those things. Yeah. So actually, the um, I believe the coach that has the most number of wins in Major League history is also the same coach that has the most losses. And when you play the game more often than anyone else, you are going to get some of those uh, stat- statistics that go both ways. So. When you play yeah. two or figure the game the season, it's going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we managed to get through the good section. I still think the bad section for this is far more difficult than sometimes it is for wrestling. No, no. All right. We'll find out in a second. This was easy. All right, well, perhaps you'll say it with a big smile on your face as you t- get, get to tell me why this game sucks so much. All right, Matt, what is your main bad cop moment then for baseball? At what point do I said this game sucks? You didn't, but I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying the potential. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, the research I've been doing for this podcast has sent me down countless Wikipedia rabbit holes. Oh, okay. Relatable moment. But I love a good rabbit hole when it comes to looking at that, because if I'm interested, I will keep looking. Yep. And that's the problem. I do it all the time on YouTube. I'll start watching something to do with wrestling, for example, and then I end up, by, by about an hour or two hours' time, I'm watching uh, the top ten reasons uh, why Brian Paddy's matches should come back, for example. It's amazing the rabbit holes you go down because you're compelled by arguments, whether they're good or not. Um now, while I went down, um, I ended up learning about why the 
the New York Giants, uh, became the San Francisco Giants, for example. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, the New York Giants is still, is still a team, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in American football, obviously. Yep. But they were in baseball as well. Um, and, of course, the, uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers became the LA Dodgers, obviously. Yes, they did. So they, they, they moved the same, I think they moved at the same time. So the rivalry, the rivalry literally moved. If they stayed the, they kept in the same division. Rivalry was great. That's fine. But this is also my biggest bad cop moment, Graham. Okay. Okay, and it's not exclusive to baseball, but baseball just highlights it. Mm-hmm. Okay, the fact there's no consideration to the fans who live around the ground. Okay. Franchise model, we've it's been tried in the UK. My God, it did not go well with, with Wimbledon uh, Football Club. Uh, they moved it to, M, to Milton Key, became MK Dons. Wow, it's not going down well. You you know, you, you remember that news, Graham, when that all happened, yeah. of course. It was it was not popular at all. Yeah, teams um, don't I, really, in soccer. Uh, once you're a team, well, no. that's it. Well, no, exactly. Because, but I just don't get why... And Graham, I know you're going to say a one-word answer to it, and I know what a one-word answer is to it, Graham. Okay, but I don't get why they adopt the franchise model. I'm, I'm fully aware, Graham. Stop doing the hand signal, okay? I'm fully I aware that. I could just do a gesture. I'm fully, fully aware, and it's a one-handed gesture as well. So you can put, put your own, put your own <laughs> ideas of what, what, what he's, he's doing to me right now. Um, if I grew up within spitting distance of Fenway Park, for example, I would probably be a Red Sox fan because that's where I am. But if but if FSG decided to uproot and move, I don't know, to Tampa, uh-huh. if they want, if for example, if you know, the iron um, you pick in Tampa as one of the teams who could actually be moving from Tampa because they're not um, they're not really doing much down there. But yeah, keep going. I'm just, I'm just saying, for example, for, for example, um, for, for the money, obviously, that's what it's all about, is money. That's all they care about, some of these fat cats. Um, I think uh, FSG have found out in recent times, what with the whole European Super League in football, in, in, in England, of course, that sometimes it's not about money. Sometimes it's about the legacy and their history and keeping it all in one place. I mean... I mean, you, Graham, for example, are from England, and you and you have affiliated yourself with Boston, with Red Sox. Now, oh. if Red Sox were, if Red Sox were to leave, would you say a Red Sox fan? I would assume so. Yeah. Why? Because that's the team that I follow. It would still be the same players. It would still but be the same franchise. Um, the one exception to that that might might be um, a casing point is when I first moved to Charlotte, um, I was a Hornets fan. I, NBA was, most people weren't really interested in baseball in my little group, um, but there was people who were interested in basketball because I think that's probably more of a European sport and South American sport, et cetera, et cetera. So we used to go and watch those games. 
The second year we're in Charlotte, they announced that they were moving. And boy, did that not go down well, not surprisingly. So everyone started boycotting the games pretty much. Now, me not really being a massive Charlotte Hornets fan, um, it didn't bother me they were leaving because it was only a one-year thing. And I was only going to be there for one more year. So I used to go, I used to get my $10 tickets and I used to get great seats. Um, and I th- wondered like, oh, so once I've left America, obviously I'm going to follow the Hornets. They came, um, I want to say the New Orleans Hornets. And I think that they're now the new the new. New Orleans Pelicans. There is a new Charlotte Hornets, and that might be where it's a more complicated issue match. Uh, Matt, which one do you actually go with? <laughs> do you go with the original franchise? It's like a different timeline. I know you can relate that to movies. Um, I haven't followed the Hornets since, and I don't even really care about their scores anymore. So perhaps I'm well, not loyal as I thought I might have been. Well, I can equate this a little bit, Graham, to, um, and bear with me here, to Formula One. Okay. okay. The current Mercedes team, if you go back two generations, are Honda. And the ironic thing is, that that sounds simple, and that does sound simple. But something that isn't quite so simple is there is a Renault team in Formula One, which is now called Alpine. But also, they had there was another team which called themselves Renault but weren't Renault. And if you go back another phase, they were the original Renault team, and so they're facing each other in former guises, but are not owned. It, it, it's exactly like that sometimes. It is completely confusing, and the constant is not there. And I hate that as well. I hate the fact that, you know, buy your team back, if that's the case, and, like, it's annoying to me, Graham. The LA Rams, for example, I always grew up with them being the St. Louis Rams. Which is not oh. how it is in American football now, of course. It's uh, been yeah. a few times. Uh-huh. Yeah, Obviously. I do them initially as the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, so they've gone back to LA, is what you say. They have, yeah. Yep. Okay, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I don't know if they're the same Rams at this point. Uh, but I, the whole franchise thing, it, it can go to hell. I agree with in terms of when you're saying and I I come from uh, my in-laws are from the Cleveland area and the Cleveland Browns, that team got ripped away from them and actually became the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Now, they did get another team back. So now there's another Cleveland Browns. But, yeah, it, it can really hurt communities when they lose their teams. Uh, for sure. It just it can just take that identity. If you've been something you've invested in for 10, 20, 30 years, it can be heartbreaking when your team suddenly gets up and moves. And with the size of America, you might not have another team that you can go and support. Like if we were talking about, OK, if Liverpool suddenly ceased to exist for some reason and we were in Liverpool, you could go and support Everton and it's only a few miles away. I know that would probably be a poor choice in terms of it being a rival, but you understand. I, the get, I get the opinion. There's I get the concept you're talking about. You could go to Stockport There's, County. You could go Tramier, to Tramier, Huddersfield. Within yeah. 20 mile radius that you can pick. And it's not as easy to do that in the States when you've got that whole length and breadth of the country today. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, at one point, you, there were so many of the different sport teams in New York, for example. You could, throw, you could throw a baseball and you could hit four of them from from matter which direction you're, you're, you're in, of course. Of course. Um, I mean, some stadiums even hosted different sports Correct. the same week. I mean, the MSG hosted. I mean, MSG hosted the Mets and the Nets, I believe. Mhm. So, and then, of course, you got you got the Nets, the Mets, the Jets, Rangers Brisbane, as well, and the Rangers. You have the Pets there as well. You're going to have the Cats. What else are you going to have? A letting agency called the Lets? What help? I mean, come on, get a for a start. But 
my point remains, franchising sucks. Because if you up it and go somewhere else for the money, I'm guessing because sponsors are going to pay you the money to move to certain places, because that's what's all about the money, you still got to fill the stadium. And sometimes, you, if you go, go somewhere, well, we don't want to sort of thing, because they don't like certain sponsors, especially with what happened uh, in recent times with uh, what happened in Eastern Europe, Graham. Um, sorry to rate back to F1 again, but the half F1 team uh, came in real hot water because of their uh, Russian sponsorship they had. And a lot of people were threatening to not turn up races if they didn't get rid of their sponsorship. The sponsors were threatening to leave. They they bit the bullet and they cancelled the sponsorship, so they didn't. But a lot of people were threatening a boycott because of it. So I'm going to give you... Go, go ahead, go ahead, finish up. So, so I'm saying that the franchise model, I personally feel, eventually will become unstuck. Not least because you've mentioned um, in past weeks, Graham, on this show, I say past weeks like I've been going for decades, <laughs> um, the last, the first few episodes you mentioned about where they've come through the farm system, for example. I'm guessing that's yeah. local talent. Yeah. Yes, well, it is. What's the point? What's the point of local talent if you're gonna if you're gonna fuck off to another part of the of the country? With flights now, you can still you can still move to another part and you can still keep those teams. Normally, what they do is actually teams will actually trade farm systems. Um, I was actually that was one of the rabbit holes I went down this week. I was looking at different. I was like, whoa, that team's associated with that team now. I was like, I didn't know that. Um, so that can easily that's gonna be something they'll trade as well. They'll trade farm systems. They'll play in different cities. And actually, that was the review I did for, with Jackson. I think it was this week. The uh, Fredericksburg Nationals were well, not the Fredericksburg Nationals. They used to be the Potomac Nationals. They used to be really close to where I live. Now they're about 30 miles away. So you it, get the point I'm making, though, yeah. I, I do. I do, absolutely. The What I was going to say is the part of it that makes it a bad cop moment for me is when you lose those classic stadiums. Now, I was very fortunate that I decided in early 2000s, I didn't think I was going to still be in the States at this point. So I wanted to see everything. So I was like, I'm going to go back to England. I'll get married, blah, blah, blah. That'll be the rest of my life. I didn't realize I was going to stay here. I got to go to the old Yankee Stadium. And I'm saying old Yankee Stadium because now there's the new Yankee Stadium. I got to see the stadium where Babe Ruth hit. To me, that's huge. When you can walk out to um, a Memorial Park where they have the, the acknowledgements for those great players, they have the numbers retired and everything, and it was like, that's awesome. Now, the new Yankee Stadium's there. It's not the same. I don't like the new Yankee Stadium for that reason. Um, you talking about? You talked about the Dodgers, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Ebbets Field, you can't see that stadium there. That's not there anymore. That's houses. That's That's been developed now. So if you want to see what the game where Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, you can't see that anymore. That's gone. That's part of the history that's gone. And I know there's new stadiums, and I understand the need to upgrade and things like that. I am really glad. You talked about my team, the Red Sox. There was talk that they might move out of Fenway because the capacity there is There was low. talk, yeah. Only like 37,500, Graham, yeah. yeah. Not much. Not by not by Major League standards. Um, and for the number of people who want to see games, they can't expand just because it's in that community. So there's not much they can do. But thankfully, they've realized that they realized, no, look, this is a better way to do it. We can put seats in the Green Monster, and they they found other ways to uh, build up. Them. Build up. Build uh, up. It's easy. Absolutely. Now, it's unfortunate for you that I happened to listen to an old episode of Baseball History Podcast today that actually referenced one of the reasons why um, they actually left Brooklyn. Now, you talked about money. One of the reasons they also left was the stadium for the uh, Ebbets Field only had parking for 700 cars. 
Now, and this is in the 50s, and even in the 50s, that was woefully inadequate. You can imagine in 2020 that that's just not going to work. There's just nowhere near enough. Um, they actually played six games in New Jersey at a place that held 10,000 seats. Uh, sorry, that had a space for 10,000 cars. And they were trying to use that as leverage to not leave the city, but to get them a new stadium built so they could actually get in more people. And then that wasn't what they couldn't do that or they weren't prepared to do that. I'm assuming the borough probably wanted to use it for the houses. Hey, Matt, I'm going to do that little money symbol again. They can knock down Ebbets Field. They can build new houses. And you know that that's prime time uh, land use right there. You can get a lot of money for that. So that was one of the reasons that they left over there. But at the same time, why wouldn't the West Coast deserve a team as well? You're not telling me. You're not, I'm sure that you wouldn't defend that San Francisco doesn't deserve a team. Uh, Los Angeles doesn't deserve a team. They're, they're really big cities out on the West Coast. And then, they, then, create a, then create a new team. Leave they them had, there. I don't think, and as you talked about, there was originally four teams uh, from in New York. New York doesn't need four teams. That, that That's for sure. Admittedly, LA has two teams now as well because they got the Angels and the Dodgers. But other teams out there, obviously, there's um, the Padres in, um, oh gosh, my brain is like Swiss trees. Um, <laughs> I can't remember, San Diego. I, I knew it was San, and then I couldn't remember what it was after San Francisco. Uh, Seattle's obviously on the West Coast now. There, there's a lot more teams, obviously, on that coast now. But um, I understand why it happened. I think it was just that development of, um, it's the historical side of that I find really interesting, how players did move across country. Um, the, the real bad cop moment of that issue was um, from the Giants. Uh, Willie Mays, who moved across, uh, received a lot of racism as he was trying to buy a house. And he was one of the he was one of the first, but he laid the path for people. Uh, Jackie Robinson laid the path for people like him, and um, he couldn't get a house. He had money. He's like, look, I got the money. It's like, yeah, no blacks in this neighborhood. And it's like, oh, this is not that long ago. This is late fifties. We're talking right now. Um, there was a lot of racism. Um, that was on. still that was still pre Rosa Parks, of course. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, not. I'm not saying that condones it, of course. You know, no. my, you know my stance on uh, on racism ground. No, 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 uh, no toleration for that, of course. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. But even so, that's still that's still disgraceful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope they uh, hope they didn't sleep well at night after that. But um, I have a these, twisted bad that I can I wanted to finish with as well that relates to something that I found on a rabbit hole yesterday as well. Um, I saw a story of a player who is the last living player who used to play for the Brooklyn Dodgers and also the Los Angeles Dodgers. His name is Fred Kipp, and he also played for the Yankees as well. He's now ninety years old. He's written a book and he's touring with his book. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, just tell me, where are you? Yeah, I know you live on the East Coast right now. Let me know. Find out where, find out where the store is that he's at. I am traveling up to there. I'm going to make a road trip of it. I'm going to meet this living legend. I want my book autographed. And when I got online and found it, he said, uh, not touring because of COVID. I was like, oh, and I don't know when he's updated. It might have been he was probably 88 at the time. Now he's 90. Obviously, a lot can happen between 88 and 90 in those ages. But um, I'm really hoping at some point, at the very least, I'm getting Fred Kipp's book. Um, but I would love to get my book signed by Fred Kipp. I, I'm really into those kind of historical stories. I'm sure he has a lot of interesting things to talk about that whole move from the uh, East Coast to the West Coast. Well, one can hope, Graham, because you know that it, it sounds like an amazing story. Oh yeah, yeah. 
I, I love talking to uh, people. When we were, I don't think we, Jackson didn't like me talking about this on JGB, but when we went to Delaware to go see one of the Coppin State games, we were at some uh, air museum, and one of the people who was working at the museum, he must have been in his 80s, and um, he was a baseball person as well. And just hearing his stories and hearing his stories from when he flew different planes and stuff like that, for me, I'm lapping up that stuff. I love hearing those stories. Um, those guys just have a wealth of knowledge, and it's just... Yeah, Jackson was like, can we look in the gift shop? <laughs> I was like, shut up. I want to listen to this guy. He's got some really interesting stories to tell. But hey, that's the way it goes. All right. My um, main bad cop moment of the week is um, the Los Angeles Angels. Now, the reason they're my bad cop moment is um, we went to, and I think this is already out on JGB, we went to out on youtube it's on the mgb wrestling channel uh we actually bought some baseball cards we went to a card show at mason's request um we both bought, all bought cards in the end jackson's first cards that he picked out were some kind of big names currently shohei Atani and mike trout were the first two he gravitated to now fine absolutely fantastic players but the team they play on oh boy does it stink it is terrible and um, they recently became the first team to be above 500 have a winning record and lose 14 games games in a row uh the previous record was 12 they extended it um mike trout this week also a phenomenal player uh the first player in major league history to hit four game winning home runs in a single series so in a form game set he hit the hit that basically get the home run that gave them the lead in the game that they managed to keep never been done before mike trout does this all the time like he's a perennial gold glove winner mvp candidate mvp winner uh wins above replacement whatever stats that you some of you never even heard of matt um he's always ahead of this and it looks like right now they're probably not even going to make the playoffs now he got drafted in 2009 uh, but i believe he finally got called up and i think it was around 2012 2013 it always takes them a few years they kind of have to go through the the different levels um they haven't won a world they sorry they haven't won a playoff game since 2009 when mike trout got drafted so yeah. 2010 missed playoffs 11 missed playoffs 12 missed playoffs 13 missed playoffs 14 they made the playoffs didn't win and then every year since that they haven't made the playoffs i feel so sorry for mike trout right now like he's doing everything he can we know certain players once they feel like they can't win and i think we might have seen this at manchester united a little bit and um, they kind of quit a little bit and they're like the heart's not in the game they don't really want to play because nothing's he just gives his all every single year. And um, once again, this year, it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. They're in the American they're in the American League. And right now, the American League East is dominating the, um, the wildcard places. And um, there's actually three wildcard places this year. Normally, there's only one, I want to say. Or then, sorry, I think they extended it to two last year. Uh, but now it's going to be three. So six teams actually make the playoffs. And I think it's a real shame that on the biggest stage of all, we're not going to get to see Mike Trout. And I don't see it's going to be any different this year. I do wonder if he will move at some point. I don't know how long his contract is, but I just feel so sorry for the guy. Breaking records week in, week out. And um, that seems to be his destiny right now. Being a great player, but on a bad team. Well, Graham, you, um, so you're saying that, you know, he's signed in 2011 for him, yeah? Uh-huh. Um, Nine-time All-Star, three-time... AL MVP, two-time uh -huh. All MLB First Team, Rookie uh -huh. of Year 2012. Uh -huh. um, yeah, that's such a shame he didn't want World Series. I'm, I think they had to 
make do with $426 million contract he's got, Graham. Oh, his um, self, he's a very down-to-earth guy, I will tell yeah. you. He, his, he still has a house, like, in New Jersey. He goes to eat yeah. in his local diner, and when he goes in there, he orders six hamburgers. Now, I think they're sliders, so it's, but it's still... He's a very down-to-earth guy. He's not um, a money chaser. But I think the players, once they've got a certain amount of money, they also want some um, rewards as well, or awards. And I just think that as a as a great player, it's a shame that we don't get to see him on the biggest stage. Well, I'm not even talking about World Series wins, Matt. I'm talking about not mm. even on a playoff win. Well, Which that's not a... Well, Finn, ask him to ask his team to actually sign some players maybe to work around him, Graham. Can't, my, man, my man can't do it all. Okay. Well, somebody well, who's not, average... Not, his, his averages are... Uh, he averages 40 home runs a season, 103 RBIs, 24 stolen bases, uh, 100 walk, over 100 walks. That's averages based on the 162-game season. Um, the guy's phenomenal. Um, I would like to see him on the playoffs. Graham, to answer your question as well, his contract expires in 2031. Oh, jeez. <laughs> right, well, he signed that better. contract in 2019, yes. a 12-year contract. Okay, which explains the four hundred and twenty million then. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not saying he's I, not getting paid well. I didn't say anything about that at all. I just would like to no, see. Of course him. not. Of course not. But he's I would 31. like to see him on a big stage. All the other players he... have that in their repertoire. I can't think of a single player who's been as dominant as this, who's not had the chance to do that. But hey. Well, this is yeah. Of course, he's got one hell of a beautiful wife as well. I don't think I've seen his wife. I don't. I, I did see the documentary on uh... Miss Miss Cox, Jessica Cox. Okay, okay. She she is she's. And that's coming from you as well. Attractive, I guess. Okay. You know, it's what it's sort of thing. Apparently, one of his trading cards got sold in twenty twenty for three point nine million dollars. I do remember that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. It didn't last long, though. Apparently, a Mickey Mantle top trading card in mint condition was sold for $5 million um, just three months later. Um, if it, if another one comes on the market, the, the Honus Wagner uh, card will break that as yeah. well. Honus Wagner one, um, it actually was broken by Trout. So Yeah, there, there's yeah, so same. few of those. Um uh, you probably don't know the story for that one, but it was uh, a cigarette card, and Honus Wagner was uh, adamant that he didn't want kids to see that and become smokers. This was a hundred years ago. Uh, yeah, it's got his own Wikipedia page. Yeah, they pulled them, and there's like only a few left. I think there's only about five or six or something. So, um, yeah, um, it has a special name, but I can't think what it is. It's like, it sounds like a Terminator. It's like a T1 card or something. A T206. There you go. Yeah, that's it. The Gretzky, T, the Gretzky T206 Honus Wagner. That's the one. Um, I'm not too sure. How, I'm not sure how many of them there actually are. Um, but apparently the exact number is not un, is not known. Um, but apparently I think it's between 50 to 200 of them. Oh, I didn't think there was anyone. Well, some of them might not be in mint condition as well. Not, not mint condition, no. That card's over 100 years old. There has been ones where they've been found as well. Like, people have been clearing out um, closets and things like that, and then they've uh, suddenly come across them. So, um, yeah, it, it happens. It happens. I'm trying to sift through my cards I bought this weekend. I'm pretty sure... Uh, I, heard, I, I watched the videos of these, Graham. Not of mine. 
the boys wanted to do mine, and I said, no, I'm not doing mine. There's my mm. John Peter Wagner card. I didn't even know his name. Yeah. I thought I didn't realize. I thought Honest was his real name. So I learned something. But yeah, my card was a dollar, uh, a Nestle card. But I needed to get Fair enough. Oh. Fair enough, Graham. There's a lot of controversy about that about that card. So oh, if it comes yeah. up, then, then someone hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully someone's not in trouble for that. Um, right. Um, Speed check. Indeed, Graham. Um, you were talking about the about the LA um, Angels a minute ago, Graham. I was about the LA Dodgers, Graham. Okay. Specifically, Trevor Bauer. Oh, and you're going to do this in ninety seconds? Oof. Good. I'm luck, going. To, well, I'm just going to. I'm going. To, I'm not going to go into the major details, but uh, this is someone who last February signed a one hundred two million dollar free agent deal. Hasn't pitched since June last year uh, uh-huh. because of allegations of sexual assault. He denies yeah. anyone doing, but he has been banned by MLB for two years mm-hmm. because of it. He he's also received a a, um, a suspension as well. Um, obviously, yeah. he's not. But I would like to point out though, he hasn't faced any criminal charges. Uh-huh. Need to say that, and. Um, He's still a woman who's accused him of it, um, containing her motive was to destroy his reputation and career, um, extract million dollars from him. Apparently, the woman actually was um, basically shopping around to try and sell the story to um, to people. We've we've seen that happen with other people in the past before, sure. of course, as well. Um, okay. And um, yeah, I wish and uh, quoting him here in the strongest possible terms, I deny committing any violation of the league. Domestic violence and sexual assault policy are appealing the decision and expect to prevail. We have throughout the process respected and confidentiality of the proceedings. Um, it sucks that, um, that, you know, my first bit on here, ground I've made it rather serious, I'm afraid. But uh, as someone who uh, has been on the receiving end of um, an assault, um, if it's true, then the guy deserves to be thrown in, in jail for it. However, if the woman's made it up, then they've diminished everyone who actually is a real victim. And uh, she should, she should face the full extent of the law for that as well. Um, so that's my opinion on that side of things. The bad cop there, of course, is the fact that this is even a thing in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's whichever of those scenarios is true, it's bad cop. There's, there's no good that's coming out of this either way. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, a horrible uh, situation. Um, uh, MLB have made their stand, and, um, yeah, we'll, well, they we'll have see to. what... They had to. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I have heard comments that Trevor Bauer is not a nice person. I know that's very vague, but it's, um, that doesn't mean that he's guilty of this, but it's... Um, yeah, being, being, a, being a not nice person and being a criminal are two very different things. But, uh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure this is not the last we'll hear of this story, even though that two month, two year suspension thing. Yeah. Uh, if, even if it takes two years for this story to come back up again, you know that once his suspension's over, that story will be raised mm-hmm. again. And whether any team will even take him at that point remains to be seen as well. But, for, yeah. for sure. To quote Miss, to quote a scene from Miss Marvel, the Disney Plus program, "Good or bad isn't something you can be; it's something that you do." Uh huh. 
Um, my bad cop moment is blackout games. Um, Nationals are playing the Orioles right now. I would love to be able to watch that. I have MLB TV. I can't watch it. I'm not allowed to. Blacked out. I'm not allowed to see it. But people who have cable can. I don't understand that. That sounds hypocritical. Like um, going to watch games. I understand the reason they do it for certain ones. Like you want people to go to the games and not just watch it on TV. I, I kind of understand that as well. Uh, but yeah, kind of sucks that I can't watch a game that I would really have a lot of interest in. Um, bad cop on me. Um, I like watching baseball films. I only watched today for the first time in over 20 years, Bull Durham. Um, I've been to the Durham Bulls. I've taken pictures with all the characters. Uh, Matt hasn't seen this film at all. Um, it's one of the classic ones with Kevin Costner. Uh, it was filmed before Field of Dreams. It was the year before. Field of Dreams is my favorite um, baseball film of all time. I've relegated it to second all-time favorite films now because I decided Die Hard when I talked with High Five Tom. I was like, yeah. I hold my favorite film of all time. I, I can watch that anytime I want. And right at the end of the uh, show, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> Matt, I think I can give a spoiler since it's 34 years old now, this film. Um, uh, Crash gets sent down to the Asheville Tourists, which is actually the something that Mason referenced last week. Uh, we'll be going to the Asheville Tourists in a few days' time. Uh, there was a bear at the Asheville Tourists there, and it showed you, and it even referenced in a film 34 years ago, that this is an old stadium, and it's a classic stadium. So when we go to see it, the stadium's 98 years old, so I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, Bull Durham's a fantastic film. I, I don't know what took me so long to get it. Um, perhaps I didn't appreciate it as much as when I first saw it in my early 20s but as i'm heading towards my 50s i think it's something that's probably far more relatable um i gave it eight out of ten but definitely uh definitely a film i watched i watched it with a commentary i love watching those films with a commentary i might actually watch it for a second time with kevin costner's uh, commentary rather than the director's commentary because i'd like to hear a little bit more but start full of stars if you were to look on imdb because i know you like to google things matt um you would recognize you go oh yeah 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 there's a lot of famous people who are in that film Hey, guests always get an open agenda. If there's anything you want to talk about, it's, the floor's all yours. I want to address some things that were discussed that I didn't get a chance to fit in, really, um, from the first two episodes of this show that I've listened to. Oh, okay. I've got I've got some things I want to discuss. I remember I it, I, on, on Good Cop, Bad Cop, originally at one point, that was part of the show. You used to talk about what was happened on MGB. <laughs> it was like I heard this, I got a comment, and you took your notes and that. So this is uh, this is feeling very old school right now. Yeah, well, I've got a couple. I've got a couple of notes, um, Graham. Okay. So the first thing I had is, um, first of all, uh, Mason's voice just sounds weird. <laughs> He's not a kid anymore. I, I love you, buddy, but I love you, buddy, but your voice is broken now. You sound. Oh, you sound you don't sound like a like a cheeky little ten year old anymore. It's weird. He's not. Um nope, not at all. But, but same token though, Jackson sounds really grown up as well now, so uh, <laughs> but I was, remember how squeaky his voice used to be as well. But that's a good thing of course. I'm just saying um, you just sound really odd. Uh-huh. So that's all. Um I got to say I loved the amount of mentions you gave me about Matt will be hating this, Matt will be hating that because we're not sticking the tie, not doing it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm loving this. Don't don't be sure I'm hating it. I don't care at all. Um, right back up on you, Graham. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Um, for talk, you were talking about um a film being on YouTube, Die Hard. I think you said was. Yeah, it is. It's on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, it's not free though. Oh, it's not. If, oh, I if, YouTube, 
YouTube videos, yeah, it's on there, but you've still got to buy it, Graham, or rent I thought it. it was on the, I thought it was on the free playlist as I scrolled through. I could have sworn not, it was on the free one. All right, my free bad. Play is not, free play is not a thing in the UK, Graham. We ain't got YouTube Red. You don't have any free... If I Google YouTube movies, it comes up with, like, 200 free movies you can watch. We, I, we, sure. I don't believe it's a free option, Graham. This is that copyright. Oh. Uh, it could be, yeah. Perhaps I'm just lucky living. Yeah, I found a ton of movies. I'm like, wonder why I can watch. I'm like, oh, YouTube, because I can watch it on Times Two then as well. <laughs> no, no. To be fair, to be fair, agree. You're saying that Paramount Plus dropped today in the UK, uh, which is free for anyone who's got Sky Cinema in the UK or Sky Q. Their website server crashed with amount of people signing up to it. Ooh, not surprised. Took them eight hours. Took them eight hours to fix it. Good channel. Uh, to, well. I've, I can now access all the Star Trek films, Graham. So now I've finished Next Generation. Uh-huh. Loved the last episode of Next Generation, by the way. Now I can get myself ready and set for when I get to Picard. You can so watch uh, Strange New Worlds as well. Mm-hmm. I'm looking I've forward to watching all of it. I told you, I, I had an offer, which I signed up for, because I knew I could watch the rest of Liverpool in the Champions League. Um, I've let the, I've let it elapse, and I'm actually still paying I'm actually paying the full price now for the next two months, because I want to keep watching Strange New Worlds. I haven't finished the season four of Discovery yet, and um, there's some good films on there as well. Um, I've still got to watch with the boys, possibly tonight, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I okay, I haven't, believe it or not, me and Chris haven't watched one one or two yet. Um, despite, despite the fact that Chris is a massive Sonic fan, uh-huh. that's one of the best. Actually, that's one of the best things I've ever seen. Because obviously, on Chris's chat YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/ChrisReactor1, uh, he does reaction videos to stuff. How do you get a plugin? How do you get a plugin? Of course. Um, and he's really shooting up as well. Amount of people who've been subscribing to him. Now he's touching 300 now. It's doing really, really well. Doing really well. Once you get past that hundred, it flies. It yeah. just flies, Graham. So, yeah. um, it's a uh, one of the best reaction videos he ever did was this was back pre-pandemic. We were talking about 2019. Yeah. Um, he's sitting there and he's watching, reacting to the original Sonic the Hedgehog trailer, mm-hmm. and you probably heard the the hoo ha in the news about how how bad it was. They gave him human teeth and all that stuff, and they played Gangster's Paradise. And it just didn't seem to fit with anything about it at all. And it finished. And all you hear is Chris say, oh, God. (laughs) 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 It was, I I don't have to ever, Chris's friend Russell, he was was down once. I just played that one clip and he's like, that's Sonic, isn't it? Yep. But it's an iconic moment that he became a, um, a character in the Chippendale Rescue Rangers reboot um, or comeback, I suppose you could call, on Disney Plus. I don't know if you ever watched the Chippendale Rescue Rangers grab growing up yourself. A little bit. Yeah, they they brought it back as a movie, Graham. It's, it's brilliant. You'll watch it. You'll love it. You will love it. I promise you. Um, I saw. I've been taking Mason to go see Chipwrecked. I think it was called, and it was. I think I gave. That's Alvin. That's. That's Alvin and the Chipmunks. That's completely different from Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Sorry. Right, the other thing no, I want to... Indeed. That was terrible. Uh, I want to talk, though, Graham, about one other thing which was brought up last week, Graham. MLB okay. Rule 6.02, uh, C, uh, Section 7. 
7C. Now, I don't know much about baseball, but I know that rule off by heart. The fact that you're not allowed to add, um, wear, put on anything on your hands while you're playing games. Either hand, right? It's that one, do right? You know, do you know what the rule is called, Graham? Uh, I don't. The following substance rule. Oh, the fo- oh, of course, yeah. 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 Um, now, the rule has been in place, Graham, for how long? For a long time. It's probably 100 years. I've got to admit, looking through it, it was hard to find the exact turn of events of when it actually came to effect. A lot of people, when interviewed about it, were saying like, um, it was uh, came up with yesterday. Came up with yesterday at the time he was asked. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. no, it, it obviously hasn't, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't find the exact date of it. So I was hoping you knew it, Graham. Unfortunately, no, it but they have thought was enforced. But like I said, and the thing they sent a reminder out to the to all the teams because they were going to get start enforcing it a lot more. Yeah, yeah, and I'm thinking like, well, I have to agree with. Uh, with Mason Graham really last week, because what's the problem with having a ring on? No, that's what I said. You're agreeing but with Mason, me. Mason. Mason was agreeing with you as well, though. No, he wasn't. He said you was could use the. He said you could use the ring to like shine the sun off and reflect it into the batter's eyes when they were batting. <laughs> yeah, but that's that, that's useless, though. I mean, which is not true because it's under a glove. Even though there's little holes in there, but no, I said, what difference does it make on his glove wear in hand? Mason disagreed. He said that you shouldn't be allowed to do it. Oh, that's how I thought he was saying it. What? Why are they so fussed about it now? If you're wearing a glove, what's the problem? Exactly. It made no sense. No. That's why I mean, it was my bad pit- woman. I mean, if I mean, if a pitcher, you could argue maybe like you're r- rubbing on it, sort of thing. You, you could argue that sort of no, thing. No, no, maybe. It's inside a glove. It's inside his but, glove, so he can't do mm, that. Mm, right, I've just looked on the MLB website, Graham, to find the exact time of it coming into effect. Because it'd be quite interesting to see, actually, when it actually comes into the effect. The reason, well, while you're looking, let me fill in with a little few facts on this. The reason why I said 1920 was um, the first death that occurred on a baseball field was 1920. Uh, Roy Chapman, who played for, I want to say, the Cleveland Indians, because he's buried around Cleveland area, uh, got hit by a pitch from a Yankees player. And at that time, people used to use a lot of stuff on the ball. They used to have a spitball, because it would make it fly weird. They would add different stuff to it. They'd add the pine tar, which Jackson and I have been talking a lot about recently. And then that's when they try to clear that some of that stuff up. And now they have like a rosin bag that they can use to help them get a grip on the ball. So that, that was why I picked tw- 1920s as um, my, my date for that, because they were trying to eliminate some of those elements from the game um, to clean up the game. And to avoid future deaths as well. See, I remember, I remember the days when he used to say to spit on the ball and everything. I remember seeing that sort of thing in in films and things, Graham. So, so absolutely. I mean, they it does it does mention Graham about roasting balls on there, etc. Like that. So that so yeah, absolutely. You you as I was about to mention it, you brought that up exactly. It came into effect, Graham, June fifteenth last year. That's when they finally made the. That was when that rule was out. When that rule was written that way in the, in yeah. the rule book, yes. I have a feeling Which, that's an updated rule, but yeah, possibly so. Possibly so. The fact that it's got lots so many dots and zeros after it implies that. But in general, I'm just thinking like, what the what, what the harm? I agree if you feel it. I got it wrong. I apologize, Graham. It's been a long day. Uh, but, I, understand but, yeah, the, I understand it on your. Um, 
hand that's not on the glove. I understand that. I just don't understand why a wedding ring under a glove would be a problem. Um, I also you, said, really said glove, you yeah. nothing on your hands. And my argument to Mason was, what about band-aids then? You saying you can't have ah, a band-aid? It does say that. It does say what it does say uh, what you can't have as well. Uh, you are not allowed. No band-aid, no tape, no super glue, bracelets. Actually, band-aid, the first thing it says, no band-aids. Okay. So, all right. Because he said you'd get a medical exception for that. And I was like, I don't think so. It says all. It says, in that rule that I read out, and I don't know how accurate it was, it said you are allowed nothing on your hand. Yeah, so that, that, is, that is actually a fact. And they can be checked at any time. That would be uh, an interesting thing in general. In if they, if they didn't have females play in the diagram, not yet. There's the one I mentioned for the fairy hawks, but that's it. But there is, obviously, women can play in MLB if they want to, of course. I imagine there's no rule saying they can't. I wouldn't want to be the umpire searching a woman on the pitch, Graham, because that would be someone could they invade the huh? Her hands, um. You can get it. In, it actually says here, Graham, as well. Um, I may pull a check if um, a pitcher goes to the glove, their hat, their belt, or other part of their uniform or body to retrieve or apply what may be a foreign substance. So if they were to have something down their front, for example. Oh, oh, yes. Mm. Or in their box. Because obviously they wear, some players wear a box so they don't get hit that, by a ball. Just... My last moment, Graham. In fact, that makes no longer a dingo. Ah, I didn't even think about that. He just said, he said, like, hit him in the nuts. I'm like, what the hell? What is this? What is this Lorenzo language you're using? Eating. Yeah, yeah, the, the nut shot. Yeah. Mr. MLB himself. <laughs> uh huh. Well. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's all I got, Graham. I didn't want to overexert you. Nah, it's, it's an open agenda. That's why we have it. It's, but no, I, I'm, I'm glad that you listened. I'm glad you were taking notes. But yeah, no, I, my understanding was Mason disagreed with me. But hey, that's all. It's all good. Good. Bad. Well, I'm, I, I, I normally have to take care of this, but as you're the guest, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you run with this one. This is your favorite. I'm going to say, Greg, cut this part, Graham, so that way you can just put it in at the start of every 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 one for you, Graham. Okay, here we go. Sisters, brothers, and non-binary others, welcome to the Devil's Advocate round of the Good Cop, Bad Cop baseball podcast. This is a round where Graham and his guest, who is me this week, will <laughs> do your thing and cut that bit out, Graham. <laughs> We'll be throwing devil advocates at each other, which are baseball-themed, where possible. Um, and anyone out there who thinks that we are uh, believing what we are saying and that we think it's not just a hot take, uh, take it over with our devil's advocate, district attorney, Michael Pellegrini, at Dying Format. So, great. We'll be appearing in a few weeks' time. Ooh, there you go, guys. Hopefully. <laughs> if we can fix our schedules together, he will. He's so going Graham, to the Red Sox game, so I said, perfect, that'll do. <laughs> indeed he is, indeed he is. So, Graham, who do you want to go first, me or you? Oh, I mean, the guest gets the choice, obviously. So, do you want to receive? you want the devil's advocate? Ah! You're going to give me yours. I want to go first to try and throw you off. All right, go ahead. 
Your idea was Africa, Graham. Should you choose to accept it, it's... <clears throat> I'd happily let a mascot knock my child over if it meant winning the Red Sox... Yeah, if it meant the Red Sox win the World Series. Absolutely. This happened at the College World Series just this week, as you probably realise. Uh, the player got took out and there was a few complaints. It's like, come on, if you step on the field, you realise certain things can happen. Oh, that would be a small thing. You said knocked over. You didn't say you got concussion or anything like that. Yeah, you brush his hands off. Oh, he's going to cry for a couple of seconds, but you get up. The Red Sox won something from that? Absolutely. I'd take that just for getting a kid knocked over. Softball. That was an Ephus pitch right there for me. You say that, Graham. He wasn't actually on the pitch. <laughs> I haven't actually seen the clip. I just heard at the College World Series that happened. So uh, he was he he was smashed by the um, by the Red Bull mascot of the University of Nebraska Omaha Mavericks. Yeah. Um, and then the 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 uh, the Crichton Blue Jay hurdled him, and <laughs> several indeed several staff members checked on the child who got up and continued running afterwards. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, according it is to the difficult math- to run in those costumes, and actually, one of the hosts on one of the podcasts I listened to said, "You don't have great peripheral vision when you're running in those things either. It's really difficult to see out." So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But oh yeah, you- I'm getting knocked over. Mm. That's pretty. That's a story right there for you. you I'd like to point. I'd like to point out, Graham. I said I'd have to let my child get knocked blind, but you didn't defend that part. I'm just going to say, yeah, according okay. to. Oh, you want me to say yeah. Mason? I'll insert the word Mason or Jackson. Well, well, no, no. To be to to be fair, I'm not entirely sure you, the Mason would have would have fallen over. Jackson maybe nowadays, but Mason yeah. definitely would have fallen over. So um, I think you get cool. a bigger story by being knocked over than if you just have the actual race. If it would just been the actual race, I don't think that would have. I have never heard of any mascot races in the College World Series before. This year is the first time I've ever heard about it, and why? Because a kid got knocked over. So I think no, you got your five minutes of fame right there. The mascot's got his own LinkedIn page, Graham, by the way. Oh, it does? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to quote. Durango, that's his name. Durango is the name of, of the mascot. says, he represents the qualities of the University of Nebraska Omaha and its students. Quote, <laughs> a maverick is defined as an individual thinker, someone who does not follow the social norms but helps advance them. I symbolise individualism. I am not your traditional mascot. You're not kidding. You assault a child. <laughs> I need to see the clip. I only heard it discussed. I have not seen the clip yet, so I'll have to try and watch it afterwards then. I will, I right. will, I will send you a link, Graham. I appreciate that. Yours was really difficult to do because I had to make it something that you could answer. So I'm going to I'm going to give you I'm not going to give the full explanation. I'm going to see if you I'm going to hope that you can figure it out, particularly as you referenced it in the uh, introduction anyway. Uh, Your devil's advocate from me is to make the game more appealing to Brits. They should change the name MLB to MLR. Absolutely. Rounders, of course, are the game which we play in the UK, which I'm guessing is what you're getting at with the MLR reference, Graham. Baseball, it was only brought, it's a not, a, not an inclusive enough sport, Graham. You have a World Series, it's only played in one country. How can there be a World Series only played in one country? Rounders are played around the world, much more of a global appeal. Now, I know since you were being picky earlier, then I'm, I'm going to have to uh, step up. Um, you do realise, of course, that baseball is played in, like, Cuba, uh, Japan, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico. There's, like, a lot I'm of... Aware, I am aware of how big it is in Japan, Graham, because... Yeah. And you're going to hate you're gonna hate this, Graham, that I bring this up. 
It has featured in multiple see, episodes of Power Rangers, Graham, because of a, because of how much of Japanese footage are using it. So, the amount of times it actually had baseball be a storyline in it, because obviously American pastime, of course, which is where the, the American series is set, but uh-huh. it has to fit the footage from Japan. And the amount of times we, I actually seen a Megazord, that massive robot wielding a baseball bat. Uh-huh. Um, I know you like to Google things, so go ahead and Google uh, who won the World Series in 1992 and who won it in 1993 for me. I'm uh, guessing teams that not in America, Graham, I guess. <laughs> Your spidey senses are very good right now. Uh, not that I actually care much, Graham, but I'm going to have a guess that it was a team from Canada. Uh, yeah, Toronto Blue Jays. So it's played in more than one country. Yeah, exactly. Colin Murray Blue Jays, absolutely, Graham. Um, I had to I, Google. I, I remembered 93, and I knew they'd won it consecutive years, but I couldn't remember if it was 93-92 or 93-94, so I had to look that up. I will say that it's not the biggest stretch of imagination, Graham, that a team from Canada were playing an American series. Uh, it's not the biggest stretch. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's called a World Series. You know, play play against some teams from other countries, not just Canada. Oh, my gosh. You have seen, I'm going to say, this is the, but we, we met on the, the FT uh, website. And this is I've had this argument for years. This gets discussed multiple times. I'm sure you must have seen that thread before. Perhaps not. I, I have I have done I have done and I will continue to stand that ground Graham. I have the same discussion about the uh Nash the NFL world champions only being from one country, Graham. I have the same problem. And the NBA world champions being from one country. I have a big problem with them thinking that there's that America the center of the universe, all right? But he has no problems watching wrestling where they have a world championship. <laughs> It's a fe- it's defending <laughs> other countries, Graham. It's defending other countries. They take tour of the world at least. Yeah, for like 5% of the time, sure. They still do it. They don't do that with other people. No hypocrisy. All right, you keep going on with your drivel then. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to uh, promote your podcast. I don't let you do that on our podcast because it would be too long to do that every week. But as this is more of a, not a one-off, because I'm hoping I'm going to get you on one more time before the summer ends. Go ahead, promote anything that you like or your other half's podcasts or you've already got one link. Go ahead. Well, you can find all the podcasts I'm involved with uh, right here on Visual Global Media. Uh, I'm not on every single day. I'm not quite as bad as Sai from um, from um, Radio Techers. <laughs> he's gone. He's on every single day. Um, but at the same time, uh, much as I could pl- plug my stuff, I don't want to plug my stuff. I am going to plug Chris's show. It's out bi-weekly on Saturdays on Visual Global Media. I'm also going to plug the JGB wrestling jbg sports podcast of course with amazing uh jackson and of course your good self graham and um obviously go and check that out at jgb underscore jackson yeah can't say fairer than that um at the end of the second episode i don't know if you've listened to it um i would normally of course end with the boom but i was like um i was i was playing the first role i was finishing up so i said uh, that's it we're out of here and then that was the end of the show. <laughs> Mason didn't say anything, so I was like, "Okay, I'll just—I guess I'll just cut it out right there." Uh, you can do your proper line. Go on, take finish the show off properly. Let's do this. Let's do this good cop, bad cop wrestling style. I'm going. I'm going to do it. I'm going to put a baseball twist on it, Graham. Okay. Strike three. You're out of here. <laughs> 
music was Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. HTTP colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0 slash.